Kansas lawmakers have finished the first month of their 2020 session with nothing big to show for their work. But that's about to change. I'm Jim McLean, and this is Statehouse Blend, Kansas. Joining me to talk about what's happening and about to happen at the Statehouse are Kansas News Service Editor Erica Hunzinger and Statehouse Reporter Stephen Coranda. Good to see you guys again. Hi there. Thanks for having us. Well, after more than a week of hearings, a Senate committee is ready to consider changes to a compromise plan to expand Medicaid eligibility to more low-income Kansans, perhaps as many as 150,000 more. Any big changes, of course, could jeopardize that compromise. Meanwhile, Stephen, lawmakers pushing for a constitutional amendment to blunt a Kansas Supreme Court decision on abortion are now halfway to their goal. That's right. They passed a big hurdle. Uh, The constitutional amendment has now passed the Senate. Uh, The amendment specifically would put in the state constitution that women do not have a right to abortion. Uh, The goal is protecting abortion laws already on the books here in Kansas after a court said there is that right in the constitution. Now, this is something that doesn't need the governor's signature. It only needs to clear the House and the Senate and then go to a, a statewide ballot vote. But Governor Kelly decided to weigh in, urging House members to reject the amendment. She's concerned it's going to lead to even tougher restrictions on abortion in Kansas. I cannot stand by and watch as a blatantly political attack is waged on women's rights. I was elected to be the governor for all Kansans, and that includes Kansas women. But getting a two-thirds majority uh, is no easy task, so we will see if it does have enough support in the House. You know, abortion has long been a divisive issue, but an election year can raise the stakes even higher, make the politics... Uh, of this issue and others even more intense. Yeah, and this is really something both sides can can play up. Uh, for example, Senate President Susan Wagle, a Republican, is running for the U.S. Senate, and she's really been leading this effort in the Senate. Uh, this is something that she can hang her hat on in a really crowded Republican primary. Yeah, and on the other side of the ledger, Senator Barbara Bollier, a former Republican who, after switching parties, is now seen as the favorite to win the Democratic nomination in that very same U.S. Senate race, she wants to be seen as leading the opposition to that amendment. Uh, there's there's one more layer on top of all of these political um, machinations, and that's because the supporters of the amendment fought to put it on this August primary ballot instead of the November general election. Now, there's a main reason that turnout is generally lower in primaries. You're going to have dedicated voters, that's Republicans and Democrats. They will show up. Um, it's especially important this August due to that competitive primary for the GOP U.S. Senate nomination that Wagle's part of. Um, now, it is important to note that the Democratic nomination is contested, too, but the bottom line is there's a better chance that the abortion amendment passes in August when you won't have Democrats there trying to vote President Trump out of office. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, lawmakers are starting to dig into Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's spending recommendations. But they're also talking about ways to raise more money without increasing taxes. And one possibility is to legalize betting on sporting events. That's right. This is something that would not raise a lot of money, maybe only a few million dollars a year for the state, but it would allow casinos in Kansas to run sports gambling with oversight from the state. Uh, Right now, people can gamble in other states or through some online apps that are based in other countries and and aren't exactly legal. Okay, Stephen, what are the odds? Is this the year this gets done? You know, if I was a betting man, I might put a few bucks down on it happening this year. Yeah, well, our buddies across the Missouri state line are also looking at legalizing sports gambling. Uh, You could only do it at the 13 casinos in the states. There'd be no apps like Kansas would consider. 
Major League Baseball talked to lawmakers over the summer and told them that there'd probably be about $5.5 billion in annual betting in Missouri. That would give the state $37 million from tax revenue. And, of course, casinos would get a good chunk of change, $376 million. Well, of course, the House always comes out ahead, right? Absolutely. Stephen Caranda, Erica Hunsinger, thanks. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you. The Kansas House Committee on Rural Revitalization has a new chair. His name is Adam Smith. He's a Republican from Weskin, a tiny town within shouting distance of the Colorado border. Weskin itself is about three miles from the border. My ranch is actually on the state line. One of my fences is the state line. So uh, our house is about a mile from the border. And yeah, we're, we're as, literally as far west as you can get without being in Colorado. With a population of only about 300, Weskin is a rural outpost. One of those towns that used to be a bit bigger, but now doesn't even rate a gas station. I, I like to kid everybody down here in Topeka that when they ask me about just where I'm from, and I tell them I'm 22, 22 miles from my nearest gas station. That's not my nearest miles. Walmart or McDonald's. That's my gas station. You know, Weskin used to have car dealership, grocery store, gas station, uh, implement dealer, lots of things uh, when the demand was for that. But we're such a mobile society today, it's, it's nothing to run to, for me, to run to Sharon Springs, which is 22 miles away. Goodland is 45 miles away. We just... You're just used to that's where you have to go if you if you want to go out to eat or hmm. get get parts for your uh, farm equipment. Uh, but are you okay with that? I mean, is that the way you would like it to be? Well, no, I'd like to go right across the street to eat if I, yeah. <laughs> if I needed to. But, uh, you know, and but what can we do to change that? I mean, you you can't change the mobility of society. Not on a large scale, maybe, but as the chair of the Rural Revitalization Committee, it's Smith's job to at least try not to restore towns like Weskin to the bustling places they once were, but to slow their decline and then maybe help them grow just a little. We're looking for some stability, uh, maybe a way to grow, but let's let's do it in a stable fashion. We aren't looking uh, for uh, some type of get-rich-quick scheme that's mm-hmm. that's going to be... Or uh, get-big-quick. Quick, right. You know, yeah, be, <laughs> yeah. Right. When asked about the challenges facing rural communities, Smith ticks through a familiar list. Lack of good but affordable housing, too few childcare options for working parents, and crumbling infrastructure. He says he wants his committee to work closely with the governor's new office of rural prosperity, headed by Lieutenant Governor Lynn Rogers, to address those things. The problems are very easy to identify. The exact solution is going to be different in each community, and I think that's why it's so hard to find some of these solutions to rural housing, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, one community, the, the problem they have with housing might be just supply and demand. Another community might have uh, a problem of they've got plenty of houses, but they're in disrepair, and that's why it's so hard to address as, as a state when the answer is, is almost literally different in every community. Lack of broadband coverage is also a big problem. Most see high-speed access to the Internet as essential to attracting the people and jobs needed to keep scores of shrinking communities on the map. Smith agrees it's important, but essential? He's not sure about that. We get back to that chicken or the egg. Are you going to bring fiber optic broadband into a small town like Weston, Kansas? Can you make that investment, uh, five, seven hundred thousand dollars to bring that into a community? 
on the hopes that there might be something that comes in. Well, not unless, frankly, it's subsidized. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? If we're going to really extend broadband across the whole state, uh, don't the taxpayers really have to shoulder that? The infrastructure to get broadband out there, yes, it would have to be subsidized. But then as a taxpayer, I'm also thinking, is that the best use of my taxpayer dollars? You really are an outlier. I mean, I don't think I talk to anybody uh, who lives in rural Kansas who doesn't think that broadband is essential to their long-term survival. And yet, you're already weighing the cost-benefit of it in the in the way that I would expect an urban legislator maybe to be doing, <laughs> and yet you're, you're well, about I, as rural as it gets. I, I try to be a little bit sensible and conservative. If uh, I, I'd like to, I've I've spent time as a county commissioner, and I understand spending taxpayer dollars. You mm-hmm. have to have to do it wisely, and there's there's only so much to go around. And I'm not saying that that broadband isn't important. If if you can get broadband fiber into the cities where you can you can have that come to your businesses, to your schools, to your hospitals. That is going to be critical. I'm talking about, is it feasible to bring fiber optics? All the way to your farm. All the way out to my farm where I don't have a neighbor for three miles. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think last year in the committee, they said in order for fiber to essentially break even, you have to have three or four customers per mile. Well, we've got out there where I live, we'd have three or four miles per customer. Adam Smith, the new chair of the House Committee on Rural Revitalization. We'll be checking in with him throughout the session. To close out this edition of State House Plan in Kansas, Celia Yopis Jepson of the Kansas News Service reports on what's at stake in the debate over a constitutional amendment aimed at overturning a recent Kansas Supreme Court decision on abortion. The Kansas Bill of Rights says everyone has inalienable rights. So the Kansas Supreme Court ruled last year you have control over your own body and your own decisions about having kids, meaning you have the right to an abortion. It was a win for abortion rights advocates and abortion providers. But conservatives fear that restrictions they've put into law will disappear if the ruling stands. They want to change the state constitution to say abortion is not a right. The amendment is moving quickly through the state house, and anti-abortion activists are organizing, calling lawmakers, praying. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the unborn, we implore your powerful intercession at this most critical of times, now that the Kansas Supreme Court has completely removed pro-life protections. For John Holacek is coordinating a Kansas Rosary Crusade, asking Catholics in the state's four dioceses to recite prayers like this one. Protect the sanctity of life in our state. No one's taking victory for granted. And I don't think it's a slam dunk by any means, although Kansas has a reputation of being pro-life, that it wouldn't necessarily pass. Republican leaders shepherded the proposal through committees on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Next, they need two-thirds majorities in both chambers. We're still working on that. Um, Legislators like to keep their votes close to the vest. Chuck Weber is a lobbyist for the state's four Catholic bishops, and he thinks that bar is attainable. You can can be pro-choice as a legislator and still say, you know what? Uh, The American way is to decide things at the ballot box, and so I'm going to let the people of my district decide this question for themselves. Republicans are aiming to get the amendment on the August primary ballot, which will also include a highly contested fight for the GOP U.S. Senate nomination. So critics are crying foul because more Kansans of all political stripes will turn out for the presidential election in November. 
More voters means the full spectrum of opinions, and surveys suggest half of Kansans actually have mixed feelings on abortion. They want it to be legal, but with restrictions. And abortion rights advocates hope that will help them defeat the amendment. So they've hit the phones. Hi, is Dolores there? Urging Kansans to action. So I'm actually calling to see if if you or Dolores would call Representative Pittman and ask him to vote no on the constitutional amendment. Planned Parenthood Great Plains Votes is the organization's advocacy arm. Everyone deserves protection under the Constitution, even if, you know, you are you are in the minority, you are a woman who is seeking abortion. Rachel Sweet is their lobbyist. You should be protected just as anyone else in the state would be. Your rights should not be dependent on a vote of your peers uh, just because they might disagree with your decision. Abortion restrictions in Kansas range from generally banning the procedure after 22 weeks of pregnancy to blocking private health insurance from covering it. Planned Parenthood argues the constitutional amendment is setting up a total ban on abortion. The amendment says lawmakers get to regulate abortion even in cases of rape or incest or when a mom's life is at risk. But anti-abortion groups counter, read the amendment, it's not a ban. Celia Yopis Jepson of the Kansas News Service reporting on a proposed constitutional amendment to restore the legislature's ability to regulate abortion. The amendment is already through the Senate. A vote in the House is expected soon. If it clears that hurdle, it'll be on its way to the August primary ballot. That's it for this week. Remember to subscribe to Statehouse Blend Kansas wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. Until next week, listen to your favorite public radio station or go to our website, ksnewsservice.org, to keep up with the news from the Statehouse. This is Statehouse Blend, Kansas. In Topeka, I'm Jim McLean. Statehouse Blend, Kansas is a production of the Kansas News Service, a collaboration of public radio stations across the state. Our theme music was provided by Nameless Dancers. Follow the Kansas News Service at ksnewsservice.org and subscribe to Statehouse Blend wherever you get your podcasts.